This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Greetings, Delvers of Dungeons, and welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons. It is There Will Be Dungeons, Delver Season 3, Episode 4, Kyle, is it? 4? Five? 5 already. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. How do we get to 5 already of this season? Anyway, uh, we're about to dive in and have a whole lot of fun. we got a special guest today and a reminder at the top of the show that if you like to sleep better, live better, think better, wake up better, all the betters during the day... Well, you might try adding some tea to your life. Head on over to phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD and check out all these cool teas that are themed after stuff that happens on the show or as it has happened on the show. So go check it out. That's phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. I now throw it to Kyle, who will tell us what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, we completed Dungeon C4, one of the more dangerous dungeons yet discovered. In a sort of uh, publicity stunt and a show of goodwill, the guild allowed the Delvers to participate in the mega dungeon that has happened and opened up beneath, beneath the streets of Atomer. Since then, the, Del- the Delvers have been back on leave again, as their services have not been required. However, as the various Silvers have plunged deeper and deeper into the depths, they're finding themselves stuck They can't stay underground at night. The mirror system that brings down the sunlight fades with the sun, and the depths become dangerous as monsters crawl about in the total darkness. In order to facilitate this, the guild needs to build a base camp, some sort of safe haven where the adventurers can stay overnight. To do this, they wish to enlist friends beneath underground, a colony of flumps has been discovered. However, the guild requires a certain group with skills, ones who are experienced with dealing with the uncivilized races that surround Atomer. After much discussion by the higher-ups in the Numilari, the guild regretfully decided that no one has more experience dealing with Kuatoa, Bullywugs, Kobolds, and the other races that surround Atomer than the Delvers. But the Delvers will not be alone in this. They have been given a specialist today to escort them. A representative. A guild ambassador to the uncivilized. A GAU, if you will. And that's our special guest, Gwen, from Phoenix Pearl Tea, if you're not aware. Oh, very nice. Gwen will be joining us as Destroying Angel, a silver leaguer with a specialty in communicating 
with what is known as the lesser races around the guild, the uncivilized, in hopes of setting up that base camp below ground with the flumps. Welcome to the show, Gwen. Like- Gwen. How you feeling? Yeah. You excited to be here? I'm excited to be here. It's, uh, it's an exciting time. I got my tea in hand. I'm ready to go. Awesome. Gwen, would you like to introduce your character as you guys ride down the Gruber lift in lift, heading to the depths of dungeon level E? Yeah, so Destroying Angel is a Silver Leaguer, as you said. She is a centaur, about seven feet tall, so taller than anybody here. Uh, Dark skin, but with a kind of splotchy horse pattern against black hair with white splotches. Her skin has similar splotches of light skin versus dark skin. She's got long white box braids, thin little braids going down to her waist. And she's got on some furs, leathers, cutting off right at the collarbone with uh, no sleeves or shoulders with leather, fur, and some uh, some axes hanging from her belt with a big old hand-carved longbow on her back with a s- arrows sticking out of her saddlebags. Saddlebags with no saddle. Very nice. Now... Destroying Angel, or perhaps Angel for short, is would that be acceptable? Sure. Has has been introduced to you in a very sort of formal way. You you all made your way into the financial district at it, as it is now known, headed to that Gruber lift and lift, and are currently heading down. You exit the lift, following the tunnels to where you've been told that the Flump camp resides, or at least where the Flumps have been seen. If you'd like to do some nature rolls or anything of that design, you might want to know what a flump is, but your leader here, Destroying Angel, is the one in charge. Angel, you have on your kit, of course, your various magical weaponry that you've used as a silver over your many years of adventuring, but you've also been given a necklace of comprehend languages in case you need to course with anyone at all. This could also be passed around to your fellow fellow teammates. Cool beans. Yeah, I'll do a nature check. See if I know what a flump is. It's a 15. A 15? You've heard lightly of them. They're said to be one of the few good-aligned creatures that exist in the Underdark. In fact, uh, some say they are lawful good. Have their own sort of society, their own special ways. Tend to care for those who exhibit good feelings and good deeds while in the Underdark. As for them making any sort of base camp or society, you've never heard of such a thing. I you all make your... exactly that to everybody. Nice. Word for word. Through our brains or verbally Perfect. through your mouth hole? Which way? No, verbally. We don't have we don't have the uh, the psychic network set up just all right. yet. It feels like something Splendor Belt would be a little unsure of. He would hear you speak and then be a little confused and then go, oh yeah, right, the spell's off. That would happen. Anyway. Queen Keeper would lean over and whisper, I get confused too. <laughs> so you all make a, your he'll, way. He'll have a look of solidarity on his face. Sorry, Kyle, go ahead. <laughs> you all make your way well rested from your previous adventures, now level 10 as well. You make your way through the winding tunnels following the map you've been given by the guild. And out ahead of you, a sort of carpet of purple moss extends, very well trimmed, almost manicured, 
and two purple lamps burn on the side of a great stone wall. Water runs on either side of this carpet, this sort of runway of moss, kind of trickling pleasantly down through the rocks and to the tunnels behind you. This massive stone door has upon it what looks like a, a, a jellyfish with a split down the middle of its face and two eye stalks hanging off the top. There is a language written in top in a sort of scroll. What's it say? You would know it under condom. <laughs> under condom. <laughs> oh my! Did I yeah. under common. the worst part of the condom? Oh, under common. <laughs> <laughs> I am of course very familiar with this. Yeah, the worst part of the condom, as John puts it, the under condom. It says, <laughs> "Deep Winds Spa." I'll uh, turn my head around to the rest and. This is the right direction. <sighs> Be prepared for anything. And I do mean anything. And I'll open the door. Do you say that? Angel the, leads the way. Is that a demure sort of way of saying anything? Or is it more of like a scary way? Like how should how should we take it? Matter of fact, I think. She's a very serious person. Okay. This place not might not be what you expect. Now, is Angel the, the Aragorn type to push the doors open, double-handed, slamming them to the side? Or how does how does yes. Angel enter a building? Okay. Dramatically and loudly. Yeah, so you kind of go up the steps that lead up to this grand door with this jellyfish-like character upon it. And you push it open with both hands. And it moves to the side on great big hinges and gives a little slam as it does. And inside emerges beautiful heart music. And behind a desk, all of stone, a small jellyfish-like creature about a foot by a foot hovers, propelled by little jets of air. Its eye stalks kind of droop each time that gives a little bounce and floats. It's working on some paperwork in front of it. And it looks up from its desk. You hear an echo in your mind as it communicates with you telepathically. Oh. <laughs> it looks desperately around itself, seeing the centaur having entered, and the three it can't quite make out in the darkness behind it. Are you customers? Huh. Do I know if I'm supposed to talk to flumps telepathically or out loud? What's customary in their culture? Customary would be to speak out loud and maintain your own race's communication style as to not call them out. Okay. I will greet this one under common and say, uh, Hello, we are the uh, representatives of the guild, the Camera Guild, here to... Meet with the uh, ambassadors. It lets out a little jet of air as it nervously squenches itself. Did that thing just fart? No, don't bring up farts. They don't like that. <laughs> Specifically, that's a problem. Angel whispers to you over her shoulder as you all start to walk into the building. 
You find yourself in a long, very well manicured hall. Still, the the ground has a sort of carpet, but it's the same sort of fungusy moss that grows along in this purple color. You see a double set of doors, rather ornate, to your left, and down the hall, you see another set of doors. Sitting on a nearby chair is a huge mass of mouths. A giant ooze-like creature. Well, giant is a little bit extreme, but a medium-sized ooze-like creature that takes the general shape of a man in the sense that it has a head and shoulders and then kind of blobs down and forms in the chair. And all the mouths are kind of talking to themselves. I don't know if I could do this. I am Poof. I am the receptionist here at the Deep Winds. And each time it kind of finishes a sentence, it kind of floats up a little bit and then kind of settles back down. You must be here to speak with Mistress Mistress Poof. I'll let her know. And he gives a little jet as he flies through the double doors to your left, his right. So is that why it's called the Deep Winds? Because I've never felt it windy down here. <laughs> it is better not to ask. Hold on a second. This creature is known as Poof. Did I hear this correct? The secretary was Poof. Oh, okay. The ambassador was Poof. Ah, I see. <laughs> I am writing down the name. Get the, of the timing secretary. of the vowels properly. Yeah. In their language, if it is too short, you might insult them. Uh... So poo would be insulting. Poof is not so much. Yeah. It, it's poo. <laughs> you have it perfect, one shot. I, I, will, I will let the others speak for me this day, and I'll <laughs> shut up and not say anything else. Angel is your guild ambassador to the uncivilized, so their recommendations throughout this area will be rather important to maintain decorum and complete the quest the guild has given you which is to make contact with the Flumps and allow some sort of base camp to be set up here for the adventurers trying to go deeper in the dungeon. What did it mean by customers? We are in a spa. It is a place for relaxation and getting away from the perils of the dungeons. They set up deep in the dungeons here. This is one of the bigger ones I've seen. But he's a bathhouse. How do they fight off the monsters? No, 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 no. The monsters come here to relax with the adventurers. This is sacred ground. Neutral ground. But how do they stop Grix and her horrors? <laughs> uh, with the door. That hasn't stopped them before. The door, the door to your left opens up, pulled aside by two flumps who are kind of desperately like they have sticky hands, like, you know, one of those like stick hands that you get in the little balls in the, in the grocery store. They're kind of stretching and they almost look too thin as they start to pull these doors open. But eventually they kind of snap too. And you see, well, what, what you might think is a large flump behind a grand desk with great carvings upon it. This is the first piece of wood you've seen as you've entered here. It's completely bleach white. This flump has upon their head a large bow that with such extremeness kind of hangs out to the sides in its weight. 
and in there, one of their sort of tendrils wrapped around is a a hookah, a rope that they kind of. You may enter. And it gets a little. So. Well, I have a big. As it blows the hookah into the air. As we are walking in, I will mutter over my shoulder. If it offers the hookah, take a breath of it. If it does not offer the hookah, do not ask. Uh-huh, enter, enter. This is all echoing in your mind as it gives another. I am Mistress Pooh. You brightlings from above wish to treat with us. Yes, we do. And I'll walk on in and do the little horse sit in front of the desk. Put my, you know, kneel and then put my back half down. You all see this. There are uh, chairs. Ko is going to look to his companions and give kind of like a little like thumbs up. This one might be a nice, a nice one. And then just kind of go, go in and uh, yeah. Are there chairs? There are no chairs. Uh, okay, then Ko will just, you know, kneel. He also has hooves. He can do this. How do you kneel? Uh, you know, like the horse sit, except there's no back half to join the front. Okay, okay. Do you do you put your toes out behind you, or do you curl them underneath yourself? You have no toes to do so. So this question would be for Grinkeeper and Splendorbelt. Oh, uh, Grinkeeper's gonna sit on her knees. But with your toes curled under you or pushed out behind you? Uh, pushed out behind, so the feet are flat on the floor. Well, in my, I would do the same just because that's my natural sort of, if I'm going to get down, that's what I do. I get down and get on the knees there. Uh, but my boots aren't going to make it so my feet go out flat. So they just, they'd be kind of stiff and at a right angle with my leg. You know what I mean? Mistress. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mrs. Mistress Pooh kind of <laughs> lowers her hookah down onto the table for her. And uh, of the many, many 18 or so tendrils that hover beneath her, two of them, the predominant ones on the side, kind of wrap around her back and cross as she floats with one around the table. Grinkeeper's going to try and not giggle each time she hears that noise. This is too much. If she if she lets out a full proper giggle, I will like give her the mom look. Ooh, then let's do a charisma saving throw, Grinkeeper. Twenty-three. A twenty-three. You hold your laughter well. In fact, you've been through many ridiculous, ridiculous ceremonies over your days, so of course. You're able to hold in a laugh. Mistress Pooh comes around and the eye stalks lower and eye you all. They kind of go off sideways a bit too and lean, looking at Splendor Belt's feet in the back and then Grinkeepers. And her mouth kind of does a wobbles in a big line across its long face. Very well. I would like to reach into my bags and pull out a small, like, mason jar and say, uh, Mistress Pooh, 
I have brought you a gift from the surface world, air born to the sun. And I will unscrew the jar, put it on the table, and open it for her. Excitedly, and, and the door attendant's kind of like, <laughs> Mr. Spoo bends down and gives a break. Ah, exotic. Fresh from above. Very well. To gain our favor, you shall be customers here. Enjoy our hospitality. Enjoy the bathhouse. If you perform well, we shall treat with your guild. (laughs) (laughs) One for good measure. I'm just imagining them dropping a little every time we hear that sound effect. (laughs) Yeah, that's no good. (laughs) Go now, go now. A poof, erm. Be sure to have them properly prepared for the bath. I will rise slowly with a bow. And hope that the rest also rise. I would I would go and, and do it, but I would do it in a way that looked like I was absolutely taking a cue from you. And I wasn't really Yeah, ready. Co would mirror as well. Yeah, Greenkeeper would stand and bow a little. The doors are opened for you again, and Poof and Erm head out in front of you and open the far doors on the end. The mouth-covered, gelatinous figure has disappeared from its chair, no longer there. I walk to the doors. You all head down the hallway and find yourself in a very long hallway off to the left. You see a great many flumps rushing about. Many of them have trays holding drinks and various foods. Lots of them looking like plants of this area. Mushrooms, fungus balls. Nothing that really uh, looks like the surface food that you might experience. So one kind of looks like a salad and one kind of looks like a cheese plate. As you're ushered back, you see to your right side a long, long line of doors. And to your left... Two main double doors that these flumps carrying the trays are going in and out of as they make their way down the hallway to a sort of employees-only looking area at the end. Poof and Erm. Go to the side tables, all this of stone here, and pick up some towels and come out and float at you and pass you each one and then a glob of water and place it in your hand. This is just a, a ball of water, but in a sort of gelatinous sheen, like a like like an egg sack would be. I'm going to request a second towel, as <laughs> I have much body to towel off. <laughs> they, they give a great kind of flourish with their main tendrils and bow to you as they poof on backwards and fetch a second towel. I would hold that water ball they handed me way out in front of me. Whenever they get to me. There's no way I'm... Ugh, that's weird. Splendor Belt will think that is really weird. Grinkeeper's gonna go, what's this for? For the bath. Uh, no, the I, water, this thing. What's it for? For drinking, I would assume. Flumps. What's it for? <laughs> I am a... This is for your hydration, so you might enjoy the baths 
to the greatest degree. So it is important to stay hydrated in this hot bath. We, we drink it, yeah. Yes! Use your proboscis or whatever sort of piercing utensil you have. We we don't have one of those. Don't don't worry about don't worry about. Don't but worry. what about the other adventurers? It's going to be fine. Do you have a straw? Did, uh, use your knife. I you have, have a knife. I have. Greenkeeper will bite it. Oh, you shit. bite into it and. Shit. <laughs> it feels like at the wrong time. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. Sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. It's like like the outside of a spring roll, but it it, it tastes like something, you know, you know, when you're, you know, when you got Taco Bell and you haven't quite removed the entire paper around the burrito. So you bite in and it's kind of like, oh, Uh, like something kind of wrong happens because you got paper in your mouth now. It's kind of like that. However, you have now made an opening in the top of this water orb. And you can see the water inside, and it looks completely normal. Okay, cool. So it keeps its shape and everything, and can I drink from it like a glass in it, like a fishbowl? As you drink from it, it kind of starts to lose its shape, so you sort of give it a squeeze in order to commune the water upward and in. Cool. The flumps next usher each of you to a room. They're they're very careful not to touch you as they do so. Their hands kind of hover much like they're taking con photographs. And they they sort of, with three inches over your shoulder, sort of start ushering each of you towards a separate door and line you up. I uh, look at the flump next to me and uh, we do not do communal baths. You offer us private baths. These are the changing rooms. Of course, our denizens are, well, unaccustomed to clothing. Please use the towels to maintain your decency, as you might see me. Uh, I turn to whoever's standing next to me, Co, probably, and just, uh, they have gotten better. They are learning. Oh, the towels weren't a thing before. No, the changing rooms were not a thing before. Oh, okay. And I enter mine. And you all enter into your changing rooms. And there is a long table of stone, but with a futon-like mattress on top. And you see all around it is this sort of sliding headboard with a hole in it. But it is connected on a long track that goes around the entire structure. You may not know what it's for. Looking at it right now. But there is a pile. There is a small cabinet of stone full of towels as well. And you see several shelves all around the room as well as hooks hanging from the walls. All right. Well, when at a spa, act like spa. Cole, get down to a towel. Oh my gosh. So will Splendorbelt, but he is not comfortable. <laughs> yeah, Greenkeeper, very slowly, very uncomfortably. Does anybody keep any items with them? Um, no. I, I would keep my belt on. I would put the belt back on because it's an outerwear <laughs> thing. I would wear my belt with my two maces hanging on one on each side with the faces. 
thinking that was t- so totally a, normal. Like you oh. got like a towel wrapped around you, and it's being supported by the splendor belt and face maces. Yes, the splendor belt and face maces, and I will do it thinking that is just a reasonable thing to do because I need my weapons, so I'm bringing these with me. If he lost his belt and didn't bring it with him, he couldn't call himself Splendor Belt anymore. That's right. That's a good point. You have to have a new name. Uh, the only thing Ko would keep from his uh, inventory is he would keep his goggles. He would uh, he would continue to wear those. Okay. Upon your head or around your neck? Uh, it's pretty dark here, right? Like, we are in the dark here, aren't we? Or is it lit well enough? Unless there were purple torches. Yeah, there, there's a number of sort of flu- uh, bioluminescent torches that hang all around the place. It's definitely dim lighting, but it is navigatable. Yeah, he'd keep the goggles on just so he could see as best as he could in the dark. Okay. I'll keep my treat necklace him, on. Treat them like they're glasses. Cool, and then Grinkeeper will keep the jewelry that she has. Excellent, as in the uh, the poison resist kind of jewelry from Snake Island, or yeah. do you just mean your your mundane jewelries? No, the right. You know what? All of the jewelry, the magic okay. and the mundane. Oh, and just for clarity's sake, so I don't have to go back on it, the boots of elven kind that are kind of horseshoes on Ko's feet are staying on because he's not going to take off horseshoes. Yeah, and uh, his ring of feather falling is also going to stay on his hand. Excellent. So after a few moments, you all emerge and kind of look down the way and eh, everyone's kind of dressed. And then you get to the end and there's Splendor Bell who walks out clanging with his maces on his belt. (laughs) Supporting his towel. Yeah. I'll just pop out with both of my towels slung over my shoulder. Nothing else. And just walk over to the doors. Your guild representative leads the way and heads to the double doors. All right. Follow. Yep. yep. Uh, but suspiciously eyeballing Splendor Belt the whole, the whole way. <laughs> I'll try to be uh, quietish with the belt. Like I don't want the clanging to be too loud. So I would I would make an attempt to not. I don't know if I'm stealthing, but I'm you know trying to be. I'm not trying to annoy anybody with my loud stuff on me. So not really like hands at the ready, but hands kind of on your hips to quiet the banging of the belt and maces. There you go. Just kind of hold them, sort of keep my arms there. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Let's make a I... um, let's make a charisma check of some kind for this. Okay. Let's do performance, persuasion, or just a straight charisma check is fine. Um. All right. I'll do persuasion just because it's high. Basically, you're fly casual. Yeah. Let's see what we get here. Jeez. A seven. A two plus five. The maces swing a little wildly, and as you head to the doors, as everyone moves in front of you, a flump flies quickly over to you. I am Cass. (laughs) Sir, please, no weapons in the bathhouse. Uh, Upon hearing this, I turn around and get and like glare at Splendorbell. No one told me I could not have weapon. This is news. You are a sir acting as representative of the service. And we wish all our customers to be comfortable. Okay, well, it's not problem. Just did not know. So I, I will now... Um scurry back to the changing room because I can't just take off the belt. The belt is under the towel. 
sort of the way it's tucked in. So I would have to go kind of hide somewhere, rip that out, put the towel back on, and then get back in line with everybody. I so you're the like, last like a grin keeper and just ask, uh, is he always like this? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're always all like this. <laughs> great. That's great. Hey, can we... Is there like a feedback section? Because if there are going to be lots of adventurers here, should there be like guidelines they could get so that they know about these things? Frankly, we are lucky we have changing rooms. The last time I was here, I simply had me this robe by the side of the bus. Gotcha. They're learning. If they ask, answer. If they don't ask, don't. Do not be presumptuous. Are they sensitive? Like, they just yes. don't like... But they fart all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a fart. They are bags of gas. They need to generate gas and emit it. So it is, uh, it is a release. It, they do not have a, uh, a butt, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I guess they don't. This is why they're sensitive to it. Greenkeeper on that and think about it. <laughs> you enter through the double doors. <laughs> and the heart music fills your ears as next to you, holding a very small, no longer than six inches long harp, a flump plays beautifully back and forth across the room. You can hear the tinkle of water as it cascades down across into a large bath in front of you. To your immediate right, are a number of small stations, small uh, two-foot-wide bucket pools made of stone where water cascades out, overflows, and flows into the grating in the floor. There's about eight of these all lined up down the way. But immediately in front of you, you see a 15 by 15 small pool touching the wall and a face made of water uh, a mouth and eyes kind of indented as the water sort of boils up a a above it, floating in this pool. Beyond that, what you would recognize as a grell, a beaked brain with long tentacles, gives a ah, as it descends into its bath. Beyond that, two skeletal minotaurs laugh to themselves in a <laughs> back and forth. The huge pool in the center of the room that the water kind of cascades out of a spout on the far side is full of creatures. In the middle, what looks like a mole with great chitinous armor upon its back, its nose extending out in those tenderly fingertips as it relaxes in the large bath, some 15 by 20 feet tall. Closest to you are two what look like treasure chests buoyantly bouncing up and down in the water. Beyond that, a roper, a great stalagmite of a creature that you fought there in the Noble Hollow, sits with its back extended against the wall of the pool, its large fangs bare as it sloshes water back and forth amongst itself with its tentacles. Two trolls to the far right relax in the pool as well. Several gnomes with grayish skin are splashing each other lightly. You see double doors beyond that, and flumps move in and out, what look like private rooms. And then on the far wall to the right, you see two more doors, one labeled Roma, one Nestrine. 
And in the middle of them, a great label in gorgeous, gorgeous deep letters that you don't quite understand unless you're wearing the necklace or have under common as your language is Sirin Falan. If nobody makes a move, I'm going to start heading towards the pool with the skeletal minotaurs. You may now open that map I provided you with. Ooh. Oh man, a lot has happened since then. There we go. Uh, if you've never used Shmeppy before, Gwen. You can grab all my tokens. Don't grab my tokens. Uh, here is yours. So using the token layer, you can move around your bit just to kind of help out and see where we all are. You're all standing in the door here by the beautiful harpist. Who occasionally over their own music. Um, this being the case, I think I'm going to go over to... Oh. How do I... Select the token layer, and then you can grab and drag oh, yourself. token layer. I'm going to go up to that northwest corner. All right. Angel heads out with purpose. It's so uh, like right there. Very taken aback by seeing all these things that we have fought. Uh, just kind of hanging out in a bath. I would be staying very close. And following behind. As you stand and watch, Co, you see through the double doors on the far end comes a creature you've never seen before. A great floating orb of a creature with many eye stalks hanging from its head, all looking around suspiciously in a great eye in the center and needle-like teeth below that in a great mouth. It gives a... <sighs> as it floats on in. No legs, no nothing below, just floating. It has a grand, massive towel tied amongst the back of its head that hangs over between two of the eye stalks on the outer side. It floats its way over to these small basins by the closest wall to you. And with its eyes, picks up orbs of water that kind of move through the air, and it splashes it amongst itself, kind of washing down. Its eye circles around, grabs the towel, which gives a very fluid movement as it dries itself off and then begins floating across the room. As it passes the many flumps that are attending to the area, they all sort of give a bow and move out of the way. You watch this creature, for the audience, a beholder, move across and head through the double doors in the top. Scary. Uh, I'm going to breathe a sigh of relief when it leaves the room. I think we all you did. Know that, what that, that was. Those are scary as shit. We've seen them. We know what they are. Uh, so you're all talking, so you've now rushed across the room to join Angel, <laughs> who's getting in the bath and me. I'm, I realize that Toot is there, so I'm going to... Or Poof was the one we talked to, wasn't it? Yes, Poof has returned to the front desk. Uh, you're not aware of these names that I've labeled about the room. Those are more okay. for my use. But yeah, I'm there going are many to. Pumps. Then yeah, I'm gonna settle right here by the corner, and just lower myself slowly into the bath until I'm covered up to my you know, chest. Greenkeeper's gonna 
uh, lean over to Slenderbilt and be like, hey, you know that Minotaur you have on your farm? Yeah. Yes, Chad Brad. Brad Chad. Yeah, yeah. Um, could you ask these Minotaurs over here if they know the way to Minotaur Mesa? Uh, I suppose I could try, yes. I suppose I do speak the language. Let's give it the shot. I don't I don't know uh if it made if I can only hear him or it's special because he's dead. But uh we can try. Thank you. And then Grinkeeper will like wait there watching. Do you enter the pool? Yeah. Um and I would go in with my towel. I wouldn't take it. <laughs> Grinkeeper will follow sweet. I would totally do that. The Grinkeeper you know. and <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do like a Nathan Fillion gif of like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just wouldn't know otherwise. I would just be like, whatever. I don't take a lot of splendor baths. Co, where are you at? Uh, so he would have followed Angel up to the side of the pool. Now he's seeing his friends get into another uh, tub there. So he is now in the middle, standing somewhat awkwardly. Just observing two very different uh, things and just kind of uh, looking back and forth, standing outside of the water. As you stand and watch across the room, you see that that red pile of math of mouths and masses and eyeballs that you saw in the waiting room emerge through the double doors into the pool area. It also has a towel hanging around what would be its neck. It heads over to the tub and in a great kind of fluid motion like t1000 just turns into a a spout and plunges its whole body into the small tub it kind of and then emerges back out reforming itself picks up its towel with one of its pseudopods and lays it around its neck and starts inching its way up it reads the two signs by the doors seems to agree with itself and then heads for the upper door and through it If I may, as Splendor Belt begins to get in the bath, I'm going to, like, cough loudly. And when he looks instinctually at me, just kind of, like, do the quick jabbing motion of, like, don't bother the guests. Come sit. <laughs> Make a stealth check for your cough communication. Ah, oh, shit. You <laughs> <laughs> knew that was coming. Maybe a 16, Barner. Nice, nice. So Splendor Belt, you hear, you hear, uh, you know, <clears throat> kind of head your way as you've already gotten your hands and feet kind of into the bath as you descend downward. I would. Is the towel wet yet? The towel is wet. The base of it is wet. Okay, but not. I haven't gone that far in. Um, I would look at her and then point at the towel and like, is this? What do you mean? Take the towel off. <laughs> thinking she's trying to hit I, as, as what I'm supposed to do. Yes, I, I will motion towel off and then come here. All right. Based on her previous role, I would intuit that and come out of there. Although I'd be really slow to take that towel off. In fact, I get, get it unhooked, kind of like unknotted, but I'd still hold it. And I'd walk up there and go, I aim to take off towel. What? What is this? It, it is a bath. What's your name? Is uh, efficient, right? Yes. The efficient. Yes. 
I efficiently take Look shower. Have baths are for slow people. I am efficient. This bath is not to be clean. I mean, it is, but it's to relax. Just relax. Take off towel. Get in the bath. Relax. It's please. Uh, but what if they see my, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it will be fine. They have seen a thousand. Oh. This is more than I would expect. Okay, fine. And I'll pay. I'll whisper, Paylor, help me under my breath and then <laughs> <off>. <laughs> toss it to the side. And then just stand and there. I don't, I don't know what to do after that. I'll just stand there. I'm going to look at Ko desperately. <laughs> the two minotaurs who have had a individual approach them, begin to enter their bath and then turn and leave are both kind of skeletally agape at each other I'm... as they look back and forth and then raise a bony hand, which does nothing to block the sound as they coerce back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put on my, my diplomacist hat, so to speak, and in Minotaur say to them, uh, sorry about that, boys. Surfacer, first time here. You know how it goes. How's the grass? I ask in a classic ironic Minotaur joke. I need to find about Minotaur Mesa. And then she'll turn to the Minotaurs and say something in common. She'll try Elvish. She'll try Dorvish. Minotaur Mesa. Are you in the pool? Are you standing still? She was about to get in, but then Splendor Belt left, so she's she's about to get in. Okay. Defend, okay. Defender, sit. Uh, do you guys? She's asking about Minotaur Mesa. What is Minotaur Mesa? Oh, I'm oh, Minotaurs. Oh, Minotaur Mesa. That's where we're from. They all sound we're like We love Minotaur Mesa, <laughs> but it's cursed. It's also cursed. Uh, it is cursed. Defender. Yes. Oh. yes. Where is it? How do you get there? What uh, level? Where is it? Oh, oh, to oh, the surface you call north. Oh, north. <laughs> beneath. Beneath the place known as the Noble Hollow. Uh, I love them. It's beneath the Noble Hollow, far north of here. Okay, is, um, uh, last question, is there an entrance on the surface somewhere, or do we have to get there underground? I'm, I'm sorry, boys, is there an entrance from the surface, or do we need to travel underground? Oh, you wish to visit the Minotaur Mesa? My, my friend is very concerned. It's very close, my, my friend of the horseman. We're, we're from the, we're from the Chimera Guild. We deal with curses. No, 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 no. We are diplomats. We are here to relax. No concern. And they both seem to relax back down. I I make a classic minotaur joke or something to show that I I get them. Let's do a persuasion or uh, just a straight charisma check if you'd rather. I can do a persuasion. Or even a performance if the joke is meant to be real funny. Uh, I got a 12 on persuasion. <laughs> I will smile, tension having fallen in the scene, and just look at Grinkeeper and towel off in the path. 
Did they say where to go? Yes, they... They yes, there the the entrance is on that surface. He's fine. Noble Hollow. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then Greenkeeper will sit on the edge of the pool and put her feet in. No, get in, get in the pool, silly girl. No, no. It. <laughs> do not be prissy. The monsters do not care about your tits. It's fine. Just get in. I uh, I am not comfortable with this at all. And the the pool, as you all have at least sent a toe in it, this is a rather chilly pool, much like you would find at a, at a hotel or anything along those. Just natural water, not heated in any sort of way. Do you want the hot tub? Would that make you feel better? Uh, uh, no. I don't want to get naked in front of everybody. I would prefer the hot tub. <laughs> Which ones are the hot tubs? Okay, okay, all right. Uh, excuse me, I call over to Undercommon in the nearby flump. Yes! Hi, Toot! Hello, Toot. Um, do you have warm tubs? Hot baths? Oh, of course! This is for relaxing after the hot Springs, right this way. And begins, and follow. Begins leading you along the walkway towards that back wall with the double doors. All right, uh, sure will as heck anxiously follow. follow. Yeah, I'd follow. I'm glad I didn't get in that cold pool. He will be thinking. <laughs> You still carrying around your towel? No, yeah, it's still just holding it, <laughs> holding it by the knot. I haven't let it down. <laughs> Fling mine over my shoulder and move. Since Toe, you did you read get up, in the pool at all? No, we hmm? didn't get in because it was cold. No, he stood proudly. Yeah, and towed in. Toe, okay. No, uh, I wouldn't have uh, towed no. in. I would have just heard the little guy say it before I ever got in, and I'd go, "Oh, well, I'm not getting in there." I'll, I will feel like I dodged a bullet of sorts because I don't like cold water. It, along the back wall here, you can read an undercommon that this says hot springs. And to the left is the door for men, or at least how the, how the undercommon folk would understand a male. And to the bottom, which would be your right, would be the one for females. I will... Uh... Look over my shoulder to Grinkeeper and say, uh, would a women's only room be more acceptable? I'm still not taking my towel off. <laughs> With Grinkeeper. The flump, the flump toot gives a bow and motions you towards the doors. Um, I can't read under common. Where am I supposed to go? I point at the mail room. Cole will give a little nod. He'll give a little wave to his companions and go, I think this is the best mission we've ever been assigned. I'm very excited about it. And then Co will go running through the doors. Uh, Splinterbrow will try to discern whether he was being sarcastic or meant it. Because he's not entirely sure. So what do you Here's want me to the roll? Top one, right? Give me something to roll. Yep, the top one. one. Okay. 
co-enters through the doors marked, as far as you've been told, male. You guys can't hear me, can you? No, I can hear you. Oh, that's weird. I cut out for a minute. I'm back. Uh, yeah, by the time, if you come in, Splendor Belt, by the time you get in, Co has already towel off and in the hot spring. Okay. Uh. Though, to aid, I mean, Co, you're, you're, uh, you're a satyr. Mm-hmm. Splendor will, would be a little more bare to the world than you since you have massive hair pants, yes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, uh, as a satyr, not a lot of hangups on uh, public nudity in general. That's true. As the doors kind of like a like a Wild West style door kind of give a foom, 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 Splendor Belt, you see the towel casually thrown aside and a great hairy co-butt up before you but it, it, it's like a mane it's like if a lion's head was instead of buttocks well i wouldn't like this um in that in that, <laughs> by, by that i mean like i wouldn't want to see I, I didn't expect today to get to see all my cohorts in their natural freaking state and i would just be i wouldn't i'm not even holding the towel because i'm trying to not drop it i'm holding it because i'm holding on to something holding on to Something, because it just seems crazy that this is all happening right in front of me. Co descends into the bath. The bath is luxurious. It is just about scalding, but just perfect. You see it tumbling down rocks in the back. This room has a bit of a pungency to it. And as you look around, you see three what looks like and maybe you know a nature rule would help you out identify otherwise but they they look like kind of a lizard folk mixed with a, a newt and they have these long spines but in between the cracks of their scales it's like what essentially looks like eye boogers like a mucus that is that is crystallized and four and the three of them all sit relaxing you also see the large mass of mouths and eyeballs now relaxing in this tub as well and against the wall the wall that divides this room is a long long series of stones but the stones are all sort of crooked and off with no mortar letting air flow through freely between both sides the female side and the male side and wisps of heat kind of move through the area you see a great man made of fungus, this great mushroom atop his head, all of him full of all those pores and ridges. Some kind of mushroom man. And he stands at the wall, his hands against it, and giggles to himself. At least you think it's giggling as he kind of goes <laughs> and looks through the cracks in the wall. He's a peeper. <laughs> Wow. And it's, well, it's Co one shot? Coe takes this? a quick note of it, but <laughs> he very quickly takes the towel and he folds it up to get a little, to get it a little bit thick and lays it alongside the floor just outside of the pool and does that thing where you rest your arms on top of the towel then and lays his head down and just relaxes. Perfect. Angel, where do you go? Uh, I'm going to head to the, the female room and make sure that Grinkeeper is following me. And weigh carefully in my mind whether it's better to stick to underdark gender norms or leave the men alone, or if I should be with them. 
I'm not sure which is better. That's fair. Your concern for their actions uh, have, has been noted throughout here, and you are their attendant. However, you still make your way uh, to the area provided. And as you enter, you see a, another large mass of mouths and eyeballs. But this one seems to have tits among it as well, all kind of flowing downward like a great slime as it relaxes in the pool. You see sitting on the edge a ghostly figure, ethereal, thin, barely there, but a woman and a towel hovering about her waist as she cries lightly to herself. You also see a mushroom person of some kind, a large mushroom on their head, and they are also pressed against the wall, and you hear a... (laughs) As they move about, their eyes, their stalks, their, their, their form... Uh, talking and giggling with someone on the other side. Uh, in an effort to make Grinkeeper relax, I'm going to ask, uh, what if, uh, what if I washed your hair? Would that make you feel better? Uh, no. How about the massage? The the flumps are great at massage. They have many hands. Private room? Do they have private room private baths? I'm sure they would give you a private bath. Sure. Okay, cool. I'll go find one and ask. And Greenkeeper heads out. Okay. Grinkeeper, you head up around the cold pool in the center where the the trolls talk amongst themselves and kink uh, small glasses together as they drink and and with their two little fingers holding it. You see the flumps moving about with their trays and funguses and odd-smelling cheeses. And as you head up around the top, a great 15-foot-wide door seems to whisper at you. (sighs) Oh. Who said that? Come, come in. You turn and look at the door. It has a warning sign over it that you can't read. But there is some sort of symbol like an exclamation point in a triangle. How close is the nearest flump? There are many moving about you. You could reach out and grab one in an instant. Uh, uh, pardon me, pardon me. She'll call out to one of the near ones. Oh, yes, I am Squeaker. <laughs> yeah, you are. Uh, uh, very nice to meet you, Squeaker. What's behind that door? It just called my name. Oh, do not bother our guests. That is one of the private baths. But it just called my name. Should I go in? Oh, do not disturb him. He is uh, very curious. Uh, so will you do anything if I go in? It would be most rude to the other customers. We request that you leave the private bathroom. No, 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 but, but what if you're invited in? What if I, I, I was just invited in? Uh, allow me to go ask. Okay, I'll be right here. The flump. And Green Keeper will chill by the door. 
the flump rushes off and peeks through this great 15-foot-wide door, double, so, you know, 7.5 on each side, and kind of looks inside. And you see its eyes kind of wince as it does so, and it runs over to another two flumps, and they kind of... <laughs> to each other as they talk back and forth. Eventually, Squeaker makes their way back to you. Ahmad would be pleased to speak with you. Uh, please be careful and don't disturb the guests. Okay, I'll try my best. Thank you. And you oh. head to the doors? Yeah. You push them open. And inside, you see what looks like a great three eyes all stacked on top of each other all red, but swimming, much like like a lava lamp. And the head is kind of like a flattened catfish. You see these long tendrils kind of coiled about the room, some going up the sides, coiled around a nearby cheese plate as it grabs a piece and pulls it underwater. You're not sure where the mouth is on this thing. It has a large fin in the back. Overall, the, the creature dominates the pool that it's laying in. So brave you are, it says to you in your mind. Uh, I, yeah, I pr I'm pretty brave, yeah. Good, good. I grow bored of servants wish conversation. Okay, I, I guess I can do my best. Why, why did you call me in here? How'd you know my name? I called your true name of your mind. You filled in your own words from above. Okay, so you can read you can read my mind, yeah? Yes. Mm, okay. Uh cool. So how do you even converse then? If you could just read my mind. Who is Gentleman Cavalier? Uh, the guy I need to free from the curse. Mm -hmm. A mother and a father, a tantalizing tale. Uh, sh sure, you want me to tell you about my parents? No, I already see the story unfold. Your mind is weak. I read deeper. Mm, a school. Your grades are bad. You're bad at horse riding. <laughs> I'm absolutely terrible. Ah, admits it. Very good. Mm, yes, a doll. A small doll in your youth. It was lost in the street while your parents shopped. A tantalizing, each story greater than the last. Greenkeeper just gonna sit there nodding because it's just her past. She doesn't think it's very interesting. But oh, what is this? The pages unfold. Oh, yes, indeed. To free the traveler, you must defeat the Kalazar. What? Your traveler waits, cursed in astral space, unable to return into the Kalazar lay slain. 
Well, that's... So I don't have to go to Minotaur Mesa? Oh, the Minotaur Mesa lays heavy in your mind. Oh, the Minotaur's cursed as they are. Well, that's good to know them that just defeating the Kalazar ends it. This disappoints you. No, not at all. It would be pretty mm. easy. He was pretty easy to beat before. Mm. Mm. And he makes a great kind of slurping sound underneath the pool, and the pool water lowers a little bit and then fills back up. My group board. You've come with friends. Introduce me to your friends, won't you? Uh, I won't force him, but I can tell him about you. What's your name? My name is Utharamod. Utharamod. Okay, cool. I'll try to remember that. No promises, though. Very good. Very good. Uh, okay. Bye, then. Goodbye, Grinkeeper Evelyn. And the door closes behind you, and the connection is cut off. And then Grinkeeper will call for a flump and ask about a private bath. <laughs> of course! Of course, right this way! And they lead you a couple doors down. They give a knock on it. And it opens. I'm just prepping the map here. One second. Hello, I am Drift. Your private bath awaits. And you head inside. Back in the hot springs, Splendor Belt, where are you? Um, I'm still sort of just standing there with my towel held tight. I didn't get into anything. I'm just sort of standing there watching. You know, no one. Co, you continuing to relax? Yep. Co doesn't even know what Splendor Belt's doing. He's just got his eyes closed. He's floating. This just place. This place terrifies me. My terrifies my character. He would be freaked out. Very good, Angel. Oh, I'm in the hot bath and. Laid down as far as I can, got my head back, got my hair up in a little, like, silk bandana or something, keeping it above the water, just relaxing. So, wait, are you, like, arms at the side with a whole horse body below you floating? No, like, like the horse body is, like, underwater against the wall of the side. Oh, okay. I'm just, like, pressed down enough that I can just kind of lay back and let my arms float and all that. Next to you... Forgetting that this party of vagabonds are giving me stress. (laughs) (laughs) Next to you, the ghost, an elf, weeps to herself quietly. I'm gonna ignore her, and then sigh... And then walk, like, kind of slow pool walk up to her and say, uh, in elf, like, what is wrong? Oh, 
it's, it's just so sad. What? What is sad, my dear? The, the darkness down here. Oh, it is. This crushing. How did you get here? Oh, I, I was a adventurer many years ago. <laughs> Her eyebrow raises. What was your name? I have it on the sheet. Hang on. Sinjunanan. <laughs> Does that sound familiar at all? No, no, wouldn't ring a bell to you. How long ago was this? I don't know. <laughs> oh, honey. And I'm going to, like, put a hand on her head. Probably goes it, straight through. It naturally goes straight through, but, you know, she kind of leans into it a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm petting her hair. <laughs> and tell her to tell me about it and just sit there and listen to her talk for a while. She tells you all about a fellow adventurer, a love, a story of long ago. The double door opens behind you, Splendor Belt and Co. Splendor Belt, you sort of stand in the way of the door as the beholder enters with its towel wrapped about its eye stalk and what would be a neck. <laughs> oh, how are we to take it seriously after that description? I can never do it again. Wow. I it hope that a, that's what you're drawing, Scott. I, I was doing a puff flump today, but now I want to do a, a, a toweled up. A, 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 what's he called? Not observer. Beholder. 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 You know the old observer. Observer is a type of beholder, though. Oh, is it? There's a subclass. Yes. Okay. Yeah, a, a lesser beholder is called an observer. Oh, I didn't know that. But here, you can imagine in this picture here I'm sending you yeah. that those last two eye stalks have a towel draped over them, <laughs> wrapping around its back. That's amazing. All right. Wow. That's great. You're in my way. He says between needle-sharp teeth. Um, I'd say, oh, uh, pardon me, excuse me, and I'll move out of the way. And he floats right over the top of the pool. His towel <laughs> neatly folds itself in the air and descends on the side and then lowers himself in with a great as steam erupts around him. Gross. The, the creatures, those lizard folk, all kind of scoot along the side and make some more room, all kind of pressed up against it. The many eyes of the gelatinous beast, a gibbering mouther, all are fixed on the beholder. Grinkeeper, in your room you are brought a menu, and one of the tables uh, that I described earlier with this great kind of revolving piece around it is laid out in a more humanoid long fashion. Now it looks like a normal massage table where you put your face in the hole in the top. The flumps spring by a menu and descend it into, into your hands. Is there anything we can get for you? I am Brab. Uh, it's very nice to meet you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. And Greenkeeper will go through the menu and choose two to three dishes that look good. 
You see barrel stalks, blue caps, fire lichens, rip bark or ripple bark, water orbs, zerkwood, a deep cheese tray, draddle drathier, spiced wine, death wish, ever dusk. She'll wow. stick with the cheese and then <laughs> she'll ask the flumps to recommend something. Are you interested in spirits? Oh. <laughs> Can keep her all close her eyes and take a deep breath. I, I, yes, yes. Let's have a little bit of the spiced wine. Very good. And it flies off through the door. Is Drift still in there? Yes, Drift is attending to the, the towels and the room's maintenance and getting the bath running as well next to you. Uh, uh, so what do I do next? This is my first time here and I have no idea what's going on. If you desire a massage, lay on the table and we shall take part. Otherwise, enjoy the bath. It shall be running shortly. <laughs> Grinkeeper closes her eyes and take a, takes another deep breath. Uh, and she'll get on the massage table, having only kind of been familiar with, like, sickness massages. So she's curious to see what a massage without her being called sick is. Sure, like a deep tissue release your toxin sort of health massage, as it were. Not one yep. for actual relaxation in the past. Exactly. Something weasels into your mind, Splendor Belt. Like a, like a song, like a, like a, like something, a thought that's not your own. And it kind of echoes upwards to you. Splendor Belt, Splendor Belt. Uh, I would go, ah, who was that? As you speak aloud, the beholder turns and goes, <laughs> and growls at you. For breaking the silence in the hot springs. Uh, I'll take the clue that I was being telepathically communicated with and it wasn't audible. And, and just sort of stare back at him. You stare back at the beholder? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Now, wouldn't that All normally... of a sudden, its, eye, its grand middle eye begins to twitch oh, and, and pulse slightly. And you see it narrow upon you. It's one eyebrow is doing something. You're not quite sure. It's it's sort of angling. Two eyebrows means when they angle inward, it's angry. So you really have no idea what this one eyebrow is attempting to communicate, though it kind of forms a jagged center. Okay, I would... I would wonder what the hell's going on, and I would and I would look away. Knowing that whatever I'm doing, but looking at him is a bad idea. So I'm look. I look away. I still. <sighs> and he turns away from you. Okay. Splendorbelt, I have spoken with Evelyn. I desire you to treat with me. I'll whisper audibly. I'll say, "Are you talking in my head, or am I supposed to say something out loud?" I am in your mind, Splendor Belt. 
Oh, this is like Randall. <laughs> this is like uh, Co is like when Co talks to us. I can do this. Okay, who who is this? How can I help you? I am Rutharamad. I await in the first private bath for you. Uh. Okay, and I'll I will go there. I'd be happy to go there because I want to get away from all this awkwardness that I'm feeling being half naked. You emerge directly from the hot springs, make a right, and head through the large double doors ahead, and you see that great creature I described, the catfish with the three red eyes stacked on top of itself. And it's, uh, its long tendrils squirm about, about in delight as it grabs a large ladle and pours some water on top of its head. Uh, I would think to the creature... I assume you are, you are the person, you know, the creature is trying to speak to me. Silence. And it raises a tentacle, kind of twisting through the air in kind of a spiral motion and brings it to a little quiet about an inch away from your lips. <laughs> but, but I would say in my head, but I'm thinking, I'm only thinking this is not loud. The pages of your brain are open like a book it is to me. I shall read deep. Oh, the farm, the farm's place. Yes, many servants you have in this farm, they call you master. Yes, but this, that is bad context. These are not my slaves. These are, uh, ah. no, they get paid. They just call me that because they're, I don't know, it's their culture to call me master. It's not, not me. Silence. Ah, yes. Ah, a mountain, a village, a small village. Ah, a ground, the ground apples, the potatoes grow in the mountains. Yes. Uh, I've never heard anyone call them ground, ground apples. But yes, they, they grow on the ground, yes. Yes, the people, a half-orc tribe, the Morgothians, all growing the ground apples. Yes, very. This is great. Uh, you are exactly right. I'm uh, a childhood filled with bounteous potato growing in my village. But you left. You left for reasons you do not understand yourself. Eh, I sort of understand. I, I decided to become... Uh, devoted to Paylor and do his work, his bidding, uh, which I found to be, uh, I don't know, a, a noble cause. And then I can always go back and grow more potato like I'm doing now with the farm. Do you, are you aware of the farm? You can see my brain. You can see farm? I grow bored of these pages. I turn anew. Yes. Yes. Who is this? A dance. A woman. A princess. Oh, oh. Uh oh, this is Snake Island stuff, isn't it? <laughs> um, I'll say, I'm sorry, I do not know who you are speaking of. Even though I kind of know <gasps> about the bits and pieces of my memories, but I don't know all the details. So I would say that, not trying to, de not trying to deceive, but you know, just the way it is. Under lock and key. Ooh, I dig deeper, and I shall find. Oh! <laughs> the drums begin to play in your mind. They grow louder and louder as you hear them, and it grabs the side of its head, reeling from the sound of the drums. No more! No more! The curse is too strong! The curse of Snake Island! So you want me to leave? 
I'll be sort of not put out by this. <laughs> you want me to go? Oh, okay. This princess. You seek her, yes? Uh, not not so much actively, but I do have... I am curious about her whereabouts or what, what my... Uh, what's my... Knowledge of her is, so yes. A good story this makes. Yes, uh, good. Do not search for love. Oh. Well, this is probably okay, because I do not uh, know of any uh, love per se. Plus, uh, you know, my job, I don't don't have time for romance or, uh, you know, any of this. I have time for heal, healing, time for uh, defending and fighting, and then time for potato, and that's it. You're a strange man. Well, technically, I am orc, but I understand the basis of what you are saying. If you seek this Princess Hisia, I know where she lay. Does this... she is dead? That is an expression in your tongue. <laughs> I mean really where she is kept. Ah, I see. Um, well, I would be, uh, you know, happy to take any information you have, but uh, don't, you know, don't put yourself out. Wow, Splendor Belt really doesn't <laughs> want to find Princess <laughs> You are a hero, yes? Yes. Strange heroism on display. Well, I'm, there are there are heroes, there are uh, uh, people who are not, and then there is very many distinctions in between. The idea that there is only a sort of hero binary of either you're a hero or not seems crazy to me. There's a lot of variation. But yes. The book of your mind bores me. <laughs> <laughs> you may go. Okay, you want me to... Do I leave door open? Do I shut door... Mm. Oh, send me Ko. Yes, I wish to speak with Ko. Okay, I will retrieve my friend Ko and uh, be back to you soon. I, I appreciate the conversation and I leave with my towel still. And that's where we will right. go on break. Oh, perfect. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick 10 minute. Everybody go and do you the pee and the drinking and the whatnot. And we'll be back shortly. With more, there will be dungeons. Start here. Okay, we're back, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the latter part of today's adventure. And uh, we hand the, uh, the wheel back to Kyle. Kyle, take it away. Angel, you are out in the hot springs. And you're comforting the ghost who continues to cry, who always seems to find something new to cry about. As you sit there, a great many flumps seem to be bustling about outside the door and enters into the hot springs here. Mistress Pooh, who floats over to you. My mistress. Yes, uh, what can I do for you? Swirl my little glass of wine. You're... Sorry, tea timer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Making tea. Sorry. Very on brand. Yeah. Your 
adventuring companions have been most genteel here. I am impressed. Can breathe a sigh of relief, like, well, that's good to hear. Each hosts their own customs, but have not disturbed the guests, which we are most thankful for. We have a request. Yes? We wish for you to come with me. I'm going to pet the hair of the ghost one more time and say, uh, don't worry about it. You deserve better than him. Nobody <laughs> treats you like that. And give her her little glass of, like, ghost wine that I asked the flumps for and say, just finish that, you'll feel better. And I'll get up out of the bath and start toweling off and follow her. As you head with Mistress Pooh, the, the ghost turns and her fingers go through the glass and then she weeps more into her hands. But you round about and she takes you into the hall in the back and it extends some ways away. Down past where you see labeled men's, women's uh, restrooms. A door. This is where the kitchens are, where the flums seem to come in and out and carrying all their trays and the many towels from the back. And she gestures to it with one of her many tendrils. Adventurous you are, yes. Okay. Should I get dressed before going into the kitchen? To gain our favor, we have a request. Yeah. Our filters have become most unclean of late. Might you and your companions tend to them? Where's Splendor Belt right now? Splendor Belt is currently leaving his conversation. Because there's, no, there's no way in hell he's going to help clean the filters of this pool place. No way. <laughs> I'm just getting it out early. All right. If he didn't, I just want to make. If he didn't hear it yet, fine. We can work up to it. But woo, no way. Some Splendor Belt, you feel annoyed somewhere out in the bathhouse, walking to look for Co. <laughs> Suddenly, a, a great annoyance strikes you. You're not sure why. Mm. Could I check inside and see if I know why? <laughs> Make a perception check. Okay. Here comes. That'd be a 19. 19? You look around desperately for what seems to be bothering you. You find yourself in a room full of flying fart bags and many other monsters. You feel suddenly very unsettled. However... Through the doors as they open beyond your eyes and swing back and forth like those Western styles doors do, you see that your companion, one angel, is speaking with the headmistress of the bathhouse. Um, I would say I do not mean to interrupt. Uh, everything is okay. <laughs> <laughs> The, the now, conversation Belt, mainly, yeah. when, when you run to join this conversation, <coughs> do you run like a child does along the pool, knowing you're not supposed to run, but you kind of do that quick walk? Yeah, quick walk it. 
that I think would be just enough for the lifeguard not to whistle at me, yes. Okay. Splendorbelt quick walks into your conversation. I jump a little as he appears behind me. Uh, Still clutching his towel. I would say, I just, uh, I'm sorry to frighten or interrupt. I just didn't, I had, uh, there's a bad feeling of making sure everything is okay. Efficient, have you even stepped into a bath yet? Not yet. Uh, the oh opportunity has not yet been good uh, for me to do. Uh, however, uh, I have a good, I have strong intuition. I feel uh, something is bad. Something is happening. Not, nothing, nothing is bad. It is fine. Go f- find Ko. Make sure he's not panicking like you are, please. Okay. I I'll do- see you in a minute. I can do this. Listen for a knock at the door. I'll be calling you shortly. I can do this and I'll, I'll leave and uh, dutifully go try to find Ko, but just not you know, not know what to do with this feeling that I have, but I know that the feeling is making it making me sense that I do not want to drop my guard, drop this towel, or get into that hot tub. <laughs> he doesn't. He, I wouldn't know why, but I just know that this isn't the time for that. So I got to be on my my lookout, not knowing tr- what that feeling is. Co, in your relaxing hot tub, the door swings open a bit aggressively yet again, and you see Splendor Belt enter. And the beholder once again turns. Blenderbelt would enter to see Ko taking his little glob of water and kind of poking it lightly against his horn and then sipping lackadaisically <laughs> at it. Oh, Ko, Ko is in the zone when you find him. Oh. A cool water globe. Uh, perhaps he's even ordered some food while you were gone. Oh, if the option was there, he has wine. Forget the water. The water globe has already been consumed. Ooh, wine gloves. Would they be wine gloves? He's got probably at least two cups of wine sitting next to him. I would like all all beverages have to be served in globe form in this scenario. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Uh, Just kidding. All right. uh, I would say, uh, oh, yes, uh, I came to find uh, uh, you and make sure you're not... Think she say up to no good or something? I don't know why I'm actually coming to get you. I'm not feeling. I feel very weird. Can you explain why I feel so strange? Are you feeling anything unusual? I mean, maybe it has something to do with the fact that we've been at a bathhouse for over an hour and you still have yet to get wet in any sort of way. <laughs> Perhaps, but uh, this feeling is making it so that is even less likely to happen. It is a feeling that I only I usually get when we are near danger or. Uh, uh, perhaps a, cre- a creature is coming or we are being lied to sort of just a general feeling of unease and I I am I'm concerned we, we may have to jump to arms and none of us have any because we've been made to be in towels in our nakedness well that's not true for one I'm always armed and so it's not really a concern for me but uh, two more importantly Splendor Belt do you know how to relax I mean we weren't allowed to do any adventures, but you and I still had to go into people's minds and we still had to rescue people. And then they had me hunting down all the elves. Take a day off. They how finally does, gave us a mission do it, that though? involves I, I, relaxing. I'm confused. Perhaps I am not enough of, of goat man to understand, but this, this place <laughs> is like, uh, uh, how do I know how to relax? They get naked, okay? Give give us all weapons, okay? All your stuff Splendor will stay Belt. here. Is this not the, uh, the most stressful day I've ever had? Splendor Belt, roll a wisdom saving throw. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, 
Oh no, I'm scared. A five. <laughs> A five. <laughs> the beholder's eye stalk rounds on you, and a a bluish green laser hits him right in the eyeballs. Oh no. You go rigid and you feel real loose and kind of sleepy. This floor looks kind of nice. Okay. I won't fight it. I'll, I'll let that wash over me. I could use it. Splendor Belt has been struck by the Beholder's sleep ray and curls up on the ground for a nap. Bell would slide his towel under Splendor Belt's head, just give him a nice little towel to lay on and let him go to sleep. And then he'd turn, look at the Beholder, and just kind of do a little cheers with his wine glass and then <laughs> lean back. And... The Beholder gives up. <sighs> and nods as his own wine glass hovers from the table side <laughs> to his lips and he brings it together. <laughs> Grinkeeper. Yes. The flumps arrive and four of them attend you with a beautiful massage. If you're familiar with cupping therapy, this is a rather, it's an alternative medicine sort of method where they take small flames to suck the air out, make a backdraft, and make cups form on your back. It pulls out the toxins and whatnot in kind of a, a acupuncture sort of way. This is basically being done, but with octopus-like tendrils that are kind of across your back. It's a gorgeous massage. You feel amazing. Green Cooper enjoys it. Your uh, very your table has been placed in front of you with all your orders. Uh, you ordered the spice wine. It's delicious. Cool. And the cheese? The cheese? The deep cheese tray arrives. It's stinky, but it does taste luxurious. You're not sure what exactly was milked or cheese down here, but perhaps it's best not to ask. As long as it tastes rich. Tastes rich and elegant, even. A fine pairing with your spiced wine. Fantastic. Have this a, is what a, Grinkeeper is more used to. Have a look at the filters. I think you might be able to find out where the cheese came from. This place sounds disgusting. This is a table talk <laughs> moment, by the way. <laughs> table talk, table talk. Angel continues to talk to Mistress Uh, I assume you would not ask me to do this if it uh, wasn't a major thing. You have engineers to change filters. What, what is what? What do you want from me here? What, what is, what is involved here? My flumps have become scared of the filtration room. We are terrified of the corruption inside. The corruption. More and more water elementals arrive each day needing cleansing. They bring with them black sands from below. <sighs> All right. We fear they have amassed in the filtration room, making a form of ill intent. Okay. All right. Let me, uh, 
I will go arouse my friends and we will clear out this room for you. <laughs> Very good. Any, anything to assist in the lovely Flumfast house we have visited here today? The visit has been great. Thank you. You and your companions are most welcome, and we shall welcome all of your adventurers with open arms. If you complete this quest. Uh, I... With that, I turn and go to the, the male bathhouse room and... Uh... Question. Are the male and female sides, like... They learned that mortals get weird about that, so they added it, or is that, or is there like hard gender norms in flump culture? And if I walked into the men's room, they would freak out. In the flump culture, this is more put aside for the attendees and the customers. There isn't any reinforcement, nor is there any security of that nature. Okay, then I'm just gonna walk in, towels over my shoulder, tits out, and just. Oi! You see Ko relaxing, leaning against the side. Next to him, a beholder also leans against this edge. They kink their glasses together and relax. You see Splendor Belt on the floor. He seems to be taking a nap. Hey, one shot. Uh, yes. The bathroom. And, uh, uh what, did, what did Beholders speak? I forget. Is that Undercommon or what? They do speak Undercommon as well as Deep Speech. I will, in Undercommon, say, um, my apologies for the interruption, sir. I will vacate my friend shortly. And I return to Common and say, uh, the mistress asks a favor of us. We must do it. I look at him very seriously. Cole will kind of give a resigned sigh, pull himself out of the water, look over at his new beholder friend, and just sort of go, I guess I gotta go back to work. It was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you again. Roll a persuasion or another check if you would prefer. Uh, we'll do persuasion, why not? A 15. A 15? The beholder gives a nod. And once again lowers itself into the bath. I'll, uh, grab a fresh towel, put it around my waist, and, uh, kind of motion at Splendor Belt. I don't know what to do with him. Kind of give him a kick. A little nudge with a hoof. Splinterbelt, you've been having a delightful dream. It's it's kind of Dumbo-esque if you catch my meaning. Okay. <laughs> it's a little old Disney. There's like beholders, but they melt into orbs of water, and then those bounce around a bit, and then those form into big smiling minotaur faces who all go. <laughs> and in general, it's a delightful <laughs> but uh, intoxicated dreamscape. Okay. Do I awaken from the nestling of the hoof? Yes, and you find yourself suddenly back on the ba- in the bathhouse and on the floor 
a towel folded under your head and your own towel clutched tightly to you. Do I still feel chill or do I am I back to my normal? Uh, you'd be back to normal, though the the magical effects of the sleep would still be lingering, much like taking a bit too much allergy medication. Um, I will stand up as quickly as I'm able and just look at Ko and hold my t- hold my towel. I won't even say anything. I'll just look at him. I'm just like, come on, buddy. We gotta go to work. Uh, okay, I have questions. I ask, ask them later. Oh, no, I'll just follow him. Towel held, t- held tightly at my waist. I, uh, as they go to the changing room, I'm gonna go up to the private bath. Well, actually, I'm gonna go to a flump and ask where where she is, because I didn't see her go into one. As you approach, approach the flump, I am the But a door swings open at the private baths, and you see a rather dazed post-massage grinkeeper emerge. She's still holding her spiced wine in her hand. She toweled, I'm assuming? Oh yeah, but but very yeah. relaxed from her from her massage that she has received. Defender. Uh, yes. You must defend. Come. Okay, Q, do we, uh, weapons? Yeah, we owe a favor. We must help these benevolent bathhouse folk. uh, Yeah, but can we get our weapons? Yes. Yes, defender. I would not expect you to defend without the shield. Okay, cool. Just point the way. Let's clean it. I will point her way to the changing room. And you all head back to your changing rooms where you can access your gear and get ready for the mission ahead. Gear up. Yep, that's what I do. Get everything back on. Yep. You emerge from your changing rooms, coming down the hallway, boom, 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 comes an earth elemental. He turns into the bathhouse, kind of moving what looks like a head towards you, and you see several flumps with large brushes brushing his back as he walks along. He enters the bathhouse, but you head down the hall towards the employees-only area. As you approach the door, a flump emerges. I am Vipo! Right this way, I have been informed of your quest. Thank you, Vapo. So what is the quest? We have to uh, clear out some corruption in the water filters. Uh, Some water elementals have gotten into the room. Hold on a second. Did you say Vapo? V-A-P-O. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just verifying. I'm writing down names, and I also think that name's hilarious, and I just want to make sure I got it right. So we're good. Imagining a flump with a little vape pen. I kind of am. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps altering the artwork for the week. Pray he doesn't alter it <laughs> any nation. further. Yeah. Rim smells like cinnamon cheesecake for some reason. <laughs> Vapo leads you into the back and you pass by some kitchens which seem very well stocked and very clean. You walk by several laundry-like rooms where various uh, flumps are rotating large bins, dispensing towels into them, pushing down sticks and slamming the towels therein. 
long strings hang across the room where all the towels are being draw, uh, dried and hung. But you go on beyond, beyond that, and you round a corner. And there are a set of stairs going up. You can hear water pumping from beyond. And Vapo, with a shaking tentacle, moves up this way. Thank you. Thank you, Vapo. You're free to go. And he rushes off. Poor thing. Have I you three fought water elementals before? Oh, yeah. They like okay, so you, so you know what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we had to tell our last name or something, so we'll see what this one wants. Yeah, what? Usually, usually you just talk to them. They like to ask questions. and They might have hidden something in the bathhouse. Yeah, they like scavenger hunts, so... Okay, we have uh, had very different experiences with what our elementals done. Uh, I mean, do you it's know not how just to kill water one? elementals. Fire elementals are like this. Earth elementals, wind yeah. elementals. All of them really into riddles for some reason. Or scavenger Have you hunts. killed one? Uh, no. We I've been beat, named by we, one. We beat a few of them up. We talked one of them into burning down a house once. But, uh, that was not you? shared that information. Right. Okay. This is gonna, yeah, this. Great. It's great. All right. Let's go. We ready? Greenkeeper's going. (laughs) Realizing. Let's go. Let me me take the front. I might be able to talk them into leaving. Uh, Yeah, sure. Just let us know what the. Look intimidating and and scary behind. I'll figure it out. Thinking caps on. You head up. You head up these stairs, and you find yourself in a rather unclean room. You see ahead of you some large pipes that run adjacent to the rooms beyond. You can see them steaming slightly, as though they are red hot. But not red. They're just hot. Uh, This would be, you assume, the water that goes into the hot springs. There's a large vat nearby, right in front of you, that then is forced through this stone box and you see on top of it several slats much like a bee's hive laid out but there is dust and debris all throughout this room the room has fallen into disrepair and there are many small little corridors corners and closets all throughout and in the ones that are open you can see things like mops and discarded towels and buckets all piled on top of each other you even see some old cooking equipment that is rusted but this room seems to have been ignored for quite some time. Uh, Ko, did you do the psychic thing? Uh, oh, no, I haven't. Okay. I guess Ko hasn't realized that there's potential danger yet. He's still, he's still gotcha. just going. Um, this whole place said, looks said, gross. They said gold sand, right? They're bringing up gold sand or something? Black sand? Black sands is what Mistress Pooh and, uh, mentioned. Do I that... see any of that? As immediate look around the room, what's your passive perception? Passive perception is... is... 14. Correct. You see a, a room covered with debris, nothing that stands out as black sand, but then again you see bits of dust, 
rocks falling off the stone walls. There could be sand in here. She said they bring up black sand. We are to get rid of them and get rid of the sand. We've run into that before. Yeah. A lot, black sand? actually. How's it uh, It seems to be tied to this uh, big baddie named the Kalazar. It's been popping up all sorts of places. Wherever it goes, there seems to be corruption and... I don't know. All sorts of bad stuff. Oh, good. She draws her longbow. And now, sensing that danger is imminent, Ko will activate the psychic network. Let's see how long that's going to last. Four hours. Excellent. Am I included in that? Uh, yes. So, again, just the quick rundown. Uh, Ko can send you messages telepathically. You can send Ko messages telepathically. And for the sake of expediency, we assume that anything that needs to be passed from one person right. to another, he just does the work for it. So everyone can talk. Do you tell her you did this? Uh, yes. And then Ko will just kind of surprise you and go, by the way, when we adventure, we kind of talk like this. It's psychic, kind of like the oh. flumps. You can talk to me like this. I can talk to you like this. And if you need to tell anybody else something, I'll let them know. Oh, okay. That's great. I can't You're read my your mind head. or anything. It's fine. I just I can talk to you. You can talk to me. Oh. So you know awesome. you don't have to be careful about thoughts or anything like that. It's just it's just talking. That's what I get for not reading your briefs. Uh, how okay. dark is the room? The room is completely dark. There is no light provided, but what is emanating from the kitchens and the laundry room behind you. All right, Grinkeeper is going to. Uh, Aim her finger like a little gun at the center of the room, a, a thing, some object, whatever's in the center of the room, or what she thinks is the center of the room, and cast um, daylight. Oh, a fancy spell. What's that do? Uh, a 60-foot radius sphere of light spreads out from a point you choose. The sphere is bright light and sheds dim light for an additional 60 feet. Uh, if it's on an object, it moves with the object and completely covering the affected object with an opaque object blocks the light. So, you know, you can put up your hand and block the light. Uh, if this spell's area overlaps with an area of darkness created by a spell of third level or lower, the spell that created the darkness is dispelled. Interesting. So in the so the whole room is full of all these stone blocks. So uh, in, in the center is kind of that beehive I talked about, as well as the large vat of water connecting to it, and then the two huge hot pipes that are leading to the two main hot spring baths. Uh, where would you target that in the center? Uh, toward the ceiling, if it, everything would still be within the 60-foot radius. Okay. So above, above that vat and that bit of beehivage, you cast daylight, and the whole room brightens as though the brightest sunny day, and is a blinding of holy radiance. Oh, oh Lord! Everyone the roll before you do that, please. Everyone roll strength saving throws. 
man. If you're within 10 feet of me, you get a plus two to this. Are we? I would be. We'd be I nice think and tight. Is. Yeah. We'd be nice and tight with each other, wouldn't we? Roll to one. <laughs> I got a 12. I'm um, 28. 19. 19. No, no, 19. As the light shines out and grows to that bright daylight, you see the honeycomb-like structures, those sort of slats, very much like an air conditioning sort of slide and filter, begin to vibrate and exploding out of them, growing forth from them, a great amount of black ooze bubbles up. Uh, shunning from the light, kind of crutching itself down, it immediately jumps onto the ground and slithers at you. It knocks over Grinkeeper and Co. as it slithers past Angel, who is unfazed by the push, and Splinterbelt also kind of uh, lets it go by as it slithers down the hall. Could we qu- try and grab it as it slithers over? That would be Angel and Splinterbelt's choice, for they were not knocked over by it. Mm. Um... Can I try to identify it as it bursts out of the wall? Sure. Would you like to make a perhaps investigation check as it goes by? This would take the place of any sort of grab you might want to perform. Uh, in that case, I'll just grab it with an athletics. Okay. Yep. Splinterbelt, do you want to grab it? Um. Yeah. Yes, I would like to help grab it. That way maybe we can double our efforts, although she rolled a 23. is pretty good. <laughs> um, what was that, a strength roll? Would you roll? Uh, athletics. Athletics. Let me do that just for funsies. A natural 20, a 23. Wow. <laughs> nice. I bet we got it. Excellent. Very nice. I put my foot down on its, my, my hoof down on its tail to try to trap it so he can grab it. Okay, perfect. This, what seems like a black ooze of, of grainy mass explodes out of those filters and comes running by you trying to escape from the huge amount of daylight that's been cast right over it and get back into the shadows. As it goes by, both Splendorbelt, un- uncharacteristically perhaps, Splendorbelt shoves his hands directly, directly into the black ooze, a sudden bout of bravery in the face of disgust, and Angel slams down a hoof. And as you do, the ooze catches on your hands and your hooves and out of it clawing crawling you see a figure and I will drop a photo in our discord here oh my lord emerging from the mass a thin man Spunderbell it looks like it looks like a, a lot like the figure you face there on the farm a larger, taller, with these long claws. When I say claws, it's like a normal human hand exists, but out of each fingertip grows a long red nail of about a foot long. And like you're pushing an action figure through Silly Putty, this skeletal figure has emerged, kind of clutched in the back as you've grabbed the ooze part of it. And it looks around at you and screams in an earthly howl. Initiative time. That was the hell there. Yeah, that was it. (laughs) 16 for me. That's a a 25. An 8. Gwen, what'd you do? I got a 10. Oh, a 10. 
I'm very busy stepping on it. <laughs> Trying to figure out what this thing is. Ko, you are prone at the moment alongside of it. Its body would be down the hall past you slightly, but it is your turn. Uh, seeing everybody scramble, seeing a, a horrific, uh, evil-looking creature, Ko's gonna stand up uh, and kind of manifest his two psychic blades and leap down at it with a big downward strike. Now, is it prone as well, or is it... It would like, be prone, yes, because it it's being held down in a sense. Okay, so hold on. What, is, what does prone mean? It means uh, have advantage on attack rolls. Okay, cool. So, all right, yeah, we're going to do a double strike with the with the psychic blades. Let's let's do that. And it's probably good that I got advantage, although they're both bad rolls. Uh 13 for the first strike. Miss. You know what though? Actually, hold on. I have a thing. Let's try it. Why not try it? Let's try and psychically bolster that with a d8. Let's just see what happens. There's no harm in it. No. It's only what, good. What could be the harm? What if it was what was what if it was a 15, Kyle? That would still be a miss. Well, the good news is then I don't have to spend a psychic dice. So, you know, either way I feel like a winner no matter how this day goes. You are a winner. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, the second blade though. Uh, which is also rolled with advantage. Um, but that's a 28 to hit. Uh, that is a fine hit. Okay, thank you. I tried very, very hard. Um, okay. That's going to be 26 points of psychic damage from the second blade striking. Damn. Nice. Yeah, well done. Should give that a sound. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 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 A little slower than I think Co attacks, but it, <laughs> yeah. you know, it would... he That's dropped down level. on it real hard and then just went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. A little flourish at the end. Splunderbelt, unless Co, unless you want to do some sort of movement action of some kind or bonus, are you bonus special or you did your thing? So yeah, I'm fine. I, okay. You know, he did a strike. Splunderbelt, it's uh, your turn. Okay. Um. I, uh, I don't know what this thing is right off the top of my head, right? As a char- the character, I mean, I wouldn't know this creature, other than it reminds me of the thing back at the farm, right? Correct. So there's no, I don't have special now, knowledge about weaknesses or you know, any of that. It reminds you a lot of that creature on the farm, which you did learn was undead, so you would know that much looking at this thing. Okay. Oh, I almost took a thing that would be really cool here. I didn't do it. All right, that's okay. Um, I'm uh, I'm gonna do. Um, we're gonna pull out old old sacred sacred flame. Uh, two things: sacred flame. Wait, can I do? I can't do that and bring out my sword, can I? My my miss not sword, my magic mace. Yeah, you can do two spells as long as one of the spells is a cantrip. Okay, then that's what I'm gonna and do. And one's a bonus action and one's an action. Oh well, they're both kind of actions. No, no, no! Your your uh, your summon spectral is uh is bonus. You're good. Oh, it is yeah. bonus. So as long as you did that and a cantrip, 
action spell. Oh. That, that would be fine. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let me get him out. So hold on one second. We're gonna go with uh, spiritual weapon. Is there any real advantage to that level? Yeah, I guess so. Not much. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, hold on. Spiritual weapon's no joke. It killed a pretty impressive enemy last week. Yeah, it did all right. There we Bonk go. the Bahir. Okay, yeah, I have cast spiritual weapon. <laughs> Up comes a spectral-looking ass mace. It's got my face on it. He'd be really stoked for battle. Um, let's go ahead and fight with him first, and then I'll do my cantrip. Uh, for hit, that is a 24. I assume that hits. That's a hit. And damage will be nine points total of damage. That could have been better. I'm sorry, All I right. have to ask. What does a floating mace that's excited for battle look like? Is it Just, wagging its handle like a tail? No, like, its what? face is like its, its face morphs into like a like a happy grimace. Oh, okay. Like, like <laughs> yeah, Doom guy. instead of just Splendor Belt's default face, it's, it's yeah. his face like this. Like you know when the Doom guy when, he, <laughs> <laughs> when the Doom guy shoots bullets in all the Doom early Doom games, his face would go like this. <laughs> it's like that, but only when he's pulling the trigger. So he's stoked, is the point. All right, and your main action. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Uh, My main action today will be uh, Sacred Flame, a cantrip. To which I roll, correct? Uh, Yeah, 16 deck saves we got to do. All right. It misses. Sweet. That means I'm going to hit you for... Wait, no, wait. <laughs> I missed. I missed. Oh, oh, I, it misses. Sorry. Yes, I dodged. Yes. Sorry. Right. No, I missed. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, see how I, I screwed up my head. All right. Well, never mind. That roll never happened. And I just lamented that it missed and then moved on with my life. And that's my turn. No Do movement. you uh, keep your hold of, of the creature? Uh, oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. I would, I would maintain okay. my position and my hold. Angel, it's your turn. Okay, so forgive my lack of 5e knowledge, but does positive energy still hurt undead like it did in previous editions? Yes, but how do you mean? Would would casting cure wounds on this thing hurt it? Oh, no, it doesn't work that way in D&D, sadly. Dang, okay. Um, Then I'm going to use my standard action to cast Hunter's Mark on the beastie. Alright. Which will give me an additional 1d6 damage when I attack it for up to an hour. Cool. Concentration, bonus action, uh, and you have advantage on any wisdoms. Excellent. Cool. So I don't have to, I don't have any resist. It just happens. Perfect. It just happens. And uh, all that really looks like is her just kind of gripping her hand tightly and her eyes flashing with light as she glares at this thing. Um, she's going to use her move action to go 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 35, 40. Or, oh, this has decimals for moving diagonals. Excellent. She's going to go up here behind partial cover. Okay. And use a free action 
No, she doesn't say anything because she hasn't identified it yet. So that's it. That's all I do. Cool. Sounds good. Grinkeeper, your turn. Cool. Grinkeeper will stand up. She will cast Branding Smite, and then she'll take her two attacks with her sword. All right. First attack is a 23. Hit. So that's 13 radiant damage. All right. I'll remember you get advantage on the attacks. Just in case, if you're going to roll a 20 or anything. Because it is prone. Gotcha. And then 14 slashing damage. Wait, you, you're in the prone zone. You did 13 smite. radiant damage first? Uh-huh. And then 14 slashing? Yes. Okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. And then next attack with that advantage is a 24. That is a hit. That's just 12 slashing damage. Just 12. Perfect. So you slam into it. This is with your uh, your Loran longsword. Yes. Or great sword. So you two, uh, the the two of you go about carving up this beast that has emerged from the black ooze. Splendor Belt gives it a little smite action, which it dodges, and the face mace gives a swing and hits it. Angel seems to have marked it and backed up with her longbow, a rather trusty-looking piece of equipment. But it turns, its whole waist kind of rotating underneath the black mass, and its fingers go up and go to clutch around Splendor Belt. And as it squeezes you, Splendor Belt, make a constitution saving throw. Wonderful. It's such a strong aspect of mine. It's actually all right. Well, I'm glad it's fighting us now. There was a part of me that was worried we were beating up beloved pool boy Reggie or something. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, he's got trapped Reggie. back here. Reggie the beloved pool boy. <laughs> pool boy Reggie. Um, it's, a, it's a terrible roll. It's a six. It's a six. It's embarrassing. As it... As it grabs a Splendor Belt, he is enveloped. It climbs up his arms. The black ooze envelops him in toll. And the whole thing kind of makes a black orb of itself around him. The skeletal part of its body disappearing underneath the black ooze. Splendor Belt, you take 35 points of necrotic damage as this happens. 35? Okay. Woo! All right. Kind of sad I didn't let go and move, but... uh... All right. <laughs> the orb, and now this counts as a teleport technically for the opportunity attacks. The whole orb suddenly rushes down the hall 60 feet, going immediately through the door, leaving a great ring of ooze around as it goes. It ex- it crams through that door, and you see Vapo on the other side goes, <laughs> and is pushed aside as it goes. Splendor Belt's inside this massive Indiana Jones orb of of goo and sand heading down the hall. That's not even a real movie. Indiana Jones and the and the glob of goo Temple or whatever. Temple of goo and sand. Temple of goo yeah, and sand. But I've never seen that one. Even that's not real. It's still better than that fourth one. All right, go ahead. Sad but true are these tidings. <laughs> it moves another 60 feet. Splendor Belt apparently embedded inside. 
as you begin your turns, Vapo, the poor flump, is stuck to the wall covered in the goo. His tray of cheeses and wine spilled and stuck next to him. Ko, it's your turn. All right. Uh, Ko is going to give chase, and he is going to... uh, He is going to dash after it, um, using his bonus action to get the additional dash, um, as opposed to his regular action, so that he can run all the way up directly behind it, and do another psychic dagger slash at the goo to try to free his friend. All right. Now, of course, as this is turn-based, this would all be, you know, happening and you can catch up to the orb. What would actually happen in real time is that you saw Splendor Belt enveloped and it started rolling down the hall and you, without a thought, just started heading after it slicing. Uh, so it's a 15. I'm going to try and psychically nudge that in my favor again, though, because... Knack it up. I know a 15 doesn't hit. So let's the see. Award-winning PlayStation game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was very my good. It's really good. Uh, a, a twenty-two, I think, is a will hit. do it. Sweet psychic powers. Uh, okay, do that. And I mean, it's within five feet of an ally, right? Because Splendor Belt's inside of it. <laughs> yeah. I, does it have to be aware, though? Like, useful? Well, I figure Con- it's probably, you know, it's preoccupied. It doesn't, and it also probably thinks it's real fast. It probably didn't expect me to be so fast following behind. I'll give it. I'll give it. Uh, so that's 30 psychic damage from the swing coming up behind it. Not bad. All right. Splendor Bell, in the darkness that you've been enveloped in, you see Ko's blades cutting through. It looks like a nice little light show. Though you are in horrible pain. Okay. Oh, I am. Like, it hurts? Well, it's the 35 necrotic damage. It didn't feel great. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> it is your turn. In video game logic, we're just still fighting like nothing hurts. It's all weird. All right, my turn. Um, hmm. What would I? What would need to happen for a disengagement here at this point, given his move, his last move? Well, you have several options. You can dexterity out of there. You can try to strength explode with your muscles out of there, or you could attempt to make this creature let go of you. Perhaps there was a clue earlier on. Something happened a short while ago. Oh. Um. <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> what would have happened that would have been a hint as to a weakness of this snake or of this creature this snake um. you find yourself back in the dimly lit halls of the bathhouse yeah the creature emerged from the filtration system due to a daylight spell yeah but how do I have to do anything with that, though? Due to a daylight spell. Meaning, when she flashed that out, that woke it up, or that's what got it going. Well, I don't have, like, Which a Which it immediately turns. tried to get around the corner and escape from. So it doesn't like light, is your point. 
Yes. <laughs> that Splendor Belt thinks to yeah. himself. <laughs> While rolling in total darkness. Um, I feel like Splendor Belt's interactions is just like any Simpsons moment where it cuts to just the top of Homer's head and he has a conversation with his own brain. It's a little monkey Money with can the be symbols. used to buy goods and services. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right, then I'm going to say... Um, what would I want to do that would be good? There's word of radiance, but does that work? I almost hear it like an old radio drama. Like in his voice, he's <laughs> yeah. just like, "Aha! The beast is weak to light." That's right. <laughs> We're going to kill it now with light. All right, I got an idea. Let's do uh, our latest cantrip and evoke word of radiance. Uh, this will utter a divine word, and I'll tell you what that is in a second. Uh, burning radiance erupts from me. Each creature of my choice uh, within that radius uh, must succeed on a constitution saving throw or take 1d6 radiant damage. Uh, the spell's damage increases. Blah, 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 blah. All right. Oh, it's already, it's actually up to, oh, it's only fifth level, 2d6. All right. So uh, let's do that. Oh, and here's my word. It'll be, uh, um, let's see. <laughs> uh, I'll say, Brightness, as loud as I can, to be as obvious as possible. Uh, it is a radiant word, and then boof, uh, very radiant indeed. Yeah, and then so just, I uh, make a Constitution saving throw. Yes, and that goes like that. Oh yeah, and give me your Constitution saving throw. I got a thirteen. You did. What did you have to save on? Hold on. Uh, you have to save on a sixteen. So you got a what? Thirteen. Sorry. Yes, I failed. You failed. So uh, here's here comes the damage, yo. It's not great. Five. And does that... The goal here would have been not just to damage it, but to free myself from its grasp. You deal five points of radiant damage. But he still grasps me? Yep. Still still enveloped in its darkness. He grasps me. All right. It reminds me of he taxes me from... Uh, sorry. The Wrath of Khan. Anyway. Uh, let's say... That's all I can do. Well, actually, since he's just wrapped around me, do I still have movement? Like, I can move around, right? That would be your action to escape him using the strength or dexterity, but you do have a floating face mace that could bonk him as you roll down the hall. Oh, shit, I forgot to cast that. Yeah, please, let's do that. Uh, let's get the, let's get the uh, damn sword slash mace back into action here. Um, I'm going to give you some damage. Or a hit, sorry. Here we go. 22, got a hit. That's a hit. Yeah. All right, here you go. Damage. Ooh, double eights, 19 plus three. We're like at eight, eight plus three, so 19. Then the 19. <laughs> 19 damage? Yeah, 19 damage. Eight, that's eight, a nice amount of damage for that. Yeah, that's a lot. Awesome. But it's good. That's Green actually keeper. the maximum damage that can do. Is that right? Yeah. 2d8 plus three, I literally hit. I hit, but you know, the aversion of a nat 20 there, a nat 8 8. That's great. Grinkeeper, you're up. Do we skip Angel? Uh, yes, we did. Angel, it's your turn. Skip. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am going to see it roll down the stairs and go shit, 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 and run down to the hallway here. Bow drawn. And I'm going to 
fire off an attack at it. Sounds good. If I can find it on the character sheet. Actions and then your longbow, it's a plus 12. That's a 21 to hit. That's a hit. So I'm going to do standard longbow damage. And then add the hunter's mark damage. Very well done. For a total of 17 damage. Nice. In your orb of darkness, Splendor Belt, an arrow comes on in. Great. And then I'm going to shoot it again with my second attack. Nice. With a 16 to hit. That is a hit. Ah, excellent. With a total of 12 damage. Very nice. Uh, And I'm going to take a free action to say to Grinkeeper here next to me as I shoot my arrows. Say, uh, get it back in here. Get it out of the bathhouse. Tank it, tank. All right, Grinkeeper, you've been told to tank it. Uh, Grinkeeper's going to take a regular run action 30 feet, (laughs) and then she's going to chuck her lightning javelin. But reading nice. this, um, it looks like it's excluding you and the target. So she's going to throw it, aiming at the carpet past the orb, but she wants the lightning to hit the orb. Okay. Let's take a look at the lightning action here. So you said you, you look, you're targeting a point on the ground, not a creature, correct? Correct, because it says each creature in the line, excluding you and the target, must make a dexterity save. I mean, you can still wing it at me. I'll be fine. I mean, you you wouldn't take the lightning damage, but you'd have to be past (laughs) the orb. Because the creature is huge in this hallway right now, you could, for instance, stand off to the left and hit... Let me get my uh, laser... Uh, you can hit like this, and you would hit Miss Co and Spunderbell, still hitting the creature. Perfect. Let's do that. All right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd rather not have to deck save. I just, <laughs> I would have been okay. Because if I saved, I'd take no damage from it. And if I didn't save, I'd take half damage from it. So it would be fine. So I make the dexterity saving throw, correct? Correct. It's a DC 13. I got a one. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Well, that's pretty darn nice. All right, let me roll damage. Okay, 12 lightning damage. 12 lightning damage. Is that plus the javelin that pierced through it? The javelin doesn't count. On hit, the target takes damage from the javelin plus 46 lightning damage. Oh, but I thought it said excluding you. That just means you won't take damage from it, right? Oh. Yeah, yeah you can't target. hurt cool. you. Okay, so it still works. Okay, sorry, I'm, I was no, just I, reading something. I, that is a weird phrase. My guess would be if for some reason you were like to throw it, but the line was contacting so I didn't have you. I did not, not include it. Okay, yeah. Cool. cool, so tw- uh, 20 to hit for this, for range. 
Oh, hit, hit, hit. All right, and then 11 damage. So Splendor Belt, you have been you've been treated to a dazzling light show inside an orb of darkness as purple ethereal blades pierce through as arrows punctured in and then begin to in your you're in a ball. So they would roll upwards over your head and then a great jagged lightning bolt comes piercing by your side. What I see cool. like and then before uh, it, it's sorry. like a cartoon when the when the character's in a box and the swords are coming through like the yeah. Dodging it and stuff? Okay. Awesome. Not at all a childhood fear of mine. We're good. <laughs> Grinkeeper, you were saying? Uh, before my turn ends, she will cast Compelled Duel since she's still within 30 feet. Oh, okay. Mm. Hit me with the ruling. Uh... One creature that you can see within range must make a wisdom saving throw of 14. On a failed... All right, so let's save. Wisdom, I got a 15. Okay, cool. If it succeeds, spell doesn't restrict the movement for that turn. Okay. Okay. All right, back to my turn then. Co, make a constitution saving throw. Is it a magical spell or magical effect? Yes, it says magically. Yes. Uh, best is going to be a 15. You succeed. So as you caught up to the orb, it sort of tendrils out behind it, trying to grab you and roll you into the mass. But it fails to have you join Splendor Belt in his darky prison. However, Splendor Belt yeah. in the darkness. Uh-oh. Constitution saving throw. Oh, uh-oh. Okay. I passed mine. I have a plus one. You can do it. Oh. I have a plus three and I got a nine. <laughs> Spider Belt, you take 34 points of necrotic damage. Oh, frick. Okay. The ball rolls down the hall with Splinter Belt inside and makes a tight right blowing into the bathhouse. Splinter Belt still, still inside. Still no opportunity attack? on. No, because this? it counts as a teleport. Oh, even though visually I'm representing as a ball of mass. You hear a great amount of screams of many different types of animals and creatures and monsters emerge from those doors. Ko, it's your turn. All right, Ko's going to try something different because he, he assumes there's some trouble with Splendor Belt here. Oh, man. Oh, this is going to make a lot of people very angry at me. <laughs> well, you got to do what you got to do to save your friends, even if it's going to make people frustrated. Ko's going to run up directly behind it again. And while he's running, he's reaching into his bag of holding and he summons forth his drift globe. And as he approaches the uh, creature, he is going to shove the the drift globe into the mass and activate the daylight spell contained within it. Awesome. All right, so you, you grab your orb, you dunk it on in there, and let's make a melee attack for that using strength to push it in. Oh, boy. I really done messed up. 
Uh, okay, it's a 14, but let's psychically pulse. Yeah, let's knack that thing. <laughs> He's got the knack. That's an 18 now. All right. You you light the orb, and as as the great or uh, the great ball of filth and black sand and this creature enveloping Splendor Belt ex- explode through that door into the bathhouse. The music abruptly stops. Everyone goes, all, all the fluff, all the creatures, and then a great radiant light glows out into the room and they cover their eyes. All these underdark creatures shield themselves, the roper grabbing its own face with its tendrils wrapping around its head and you shove it on in there. Inside... Splendor where you've been rolling. <laughs> Suddenly, the sun appears with you. Forced in by a friendly hand. Okay. And as it glows out, the bubble pops and blows the ooze all around you. The creature is now exposed beyond, still crawling on the ground with its great long claws. Okay. That was a standard action. Do you want to do more, Co? Uh, I had to use my bonus action to catch up to it. It's okay. It's fair. too fast, even even for me, speedy old me. Fair enough. Then Splendor Belt, you would find yourself now on the ground, the creature clawing away from you, the ooze discarded off its body. All right. Well, I would go after him with my mace again uh, to start with. And uh, that's going to be a 21. A hit. And damage 14 total. Five, six, and a three. That's bludgeoning, by the way, unless it matters, or in case it matters. Um, Okay. And then I am going to cure wounds on myself because things are weird right now. So I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to cast that on myself. I am a willing creature. So here comes the roll. 12 points of healing damage, please. You have received it. Thank you. All right. And I believe since he's away from me now, I don't mind standing there. So I will, I will stand there. And you are discarding an unoccupied space as per the rules. This will be Angel's turn. Okay. So, it is very far away from me. That's a problem. So I guess I'm going to have to spend my standard and move action running to catch up. Do you have a bonus action of any kind? Uh, not that I know of. I get advantage if plants try to stop me. (laughs) (laughs) Ever useful. Small plant falls in front of you and is like, halt. The carpet's made of lichen. It could try to grab me. Hang on. You You have charge as a centaur thingy. Oh, I didn't look at the racial traits. That's why. 
So you can go stomp on him. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't blame you. Sometimes they give you weird racials like mirthful leaps and you still can't jump for some reason. Well, I am very far away from it, so I'm going to use my my speed of 40 to move. Now this counts by the 1, so that's 8, so I can move 16. So I can get that far. And mm. so as not to waste an action, um, I'm going to try to recall some knowledge about this thing to try to better take it down. Can I, like... How does that work in 5e? What do I roll for recall knowledging? Do well, I just argue a skill? You currently have Hunter's Mark on it, which means you have advantage on perception and survival checks to find it. But that would just be tracking-wise. Uh, recalling knowledge about this creature would likely be arcane history, maybe, or even religion. Well, I have none of those. And they're all intelligence, which means they all suck, so... Let's go with history. Thankfully, it's my... Oh, no, it's undead. It's not my favorite enemy. It's not a monstrosity. Oh, well. Let's give it a shot, see what happens. Nah, that's five. I don't know shit. You don't know anything about this creature. Grinkeeper, your turn. All right, Grinkeeper's going to dash. So she's going to basically use her, her action and move to get as far as she can, which I'm assuming at this point would be right at those double doors right inside the bathhouse, yeah? Your movement's 30, correct? Yeah, so I could go 60. So that would put you about here is where I would move you. Not about, that's it measured out. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right, cool. Grinkeeper's just going to keep dashing then. All right, Grinkeeper and Angel on the run. The creature having lost its black mass of ooze around it, now dispelled by the light, attempts to crawl away. And I'm going to represent him now with a smaller token and leave his ooze behind. And he dunks into the water. Now do I get an opportunity attack now that he's crawling? You do. And he's prone, so it's with advantage, right? True. That's a 24 to hit. That's a hit. Hold on. I can't click the sneak attack button because all the text from the rolls are in front of it. Uh, it happens. Okay, it's a... So that'd be 31 points of damage. How do you kill this beast? <laughs> so, uh, Ko deactivates the drift globe uh, to, you know, to mind the, the, the people in the place. And as the creature is just crawling away, he just brings his hand down and activates the psychic blade directly on its head as it's crawling away. As it 
crawls out of the ground and attempts to climb into the water with the trolls and the deep gnomes and those treasure chests which open their mouths and go and their long tongues are waggling to the light, the roper that's covering its face, the harps, the cordists who stop playing, the water elemental, the grell, the skeletal minotaur that looked on in shock. You do just that and dispatch the beast and its long fingernails screech out across the stone floors as it reaches for the water and then retract in as it kind of curls up in itself like a dying bug. The room is dead silent. Splendor Belt with a magical mace hovering in the air of his own face. Co having dispatched it. Grinkeeper and Angel enter through the back door having chased it. Into a silent room, the floor is yours. Everybody watches on. Oh, good, it's dead. Echoes across the room. <laughs> Everyone, you may get back to enjoying the bathhouse. The filters are clean. There will be a sigh of relief in the heart and mind of an injured orc cleric because he's glad to know that it wasn't cleaning the pipes literally. I am going to translate what they said in three or four different languages like an airport translator. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Across the room. Please return to business as usual. (laughs) Did anyone else receive any damage but Splendor Belt? Did everyone else get out of there unscathed? Yeah, it's fine. Splendor Belt. Yeah, I tanked it. I'd I'd like to go back to the the, uh, cleaning filter station and make sure there's not another one of those. How long does does daylight last? I think an hour, but let me check. I have dark vision, that's fine. One hour. Well, it's been like 12 seconds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that, That room is still radiant. Absolutely bathed in light. And you look down at the filters and they look perfectly clean upon inspection. Uh, as you walk down the hall, though, Vapo still stuck to the wall. I will peel him off the wall and remove the ooze. Splendor Belt all around you. Flatus, Squeaker, Toot, Rump, even the Harpsist hover over to you and begin to clean the ooze off your body. All of them. You poor thing. Oh, can we get you anything? Oh, my goodness. What happened? <laughs> I love them. I'll uh, I'll allow this. Yeah, go ahead. Is this healing me at all, or just uh, you know cleaning me up? They're just they're just cleaning. But beginning around you, they begin ushering you towards one of the back bathrooms. Okay. Um, a massage, yes. He needs a massage, yes, to calm his nerves from this event. Splendor belt, splendor belt. It's okay. Do the massage. It's yeah. a private room. It's fine. Just go with them. Do I have to be naked for this? Am I naked for this? No. Well, then, no. Okay. Then perhaps you are right. (laughs) The armor should be removed at the very least. Uh. Just, just, just go with it, Splendor Belt. You'll, you'll be fine. What does this go with it mean? I take it off? They take it off? Who's doing what? Splendor Belt's being pushed in the back by many little jellyfish floaters that are ushering him towards the bath. You're doing great. (laughs) I'll willingly go. 
not as trepidatious as it would have been. Filters and just look on at Ko and Splendorbelt moving away. Like, oh, is he finally consenting? As the doors close behind him, (laughs) Ko, you look on, seeing Splendorbelt go down the hall, and suddenly the door next to it seems to whisper in your mind, Ko, Ko. All right, used to telepathic communication, Ko thinks back, yes? Come speak with me. Uh, who, who are you? I'm... And that's where we'll end the show for today. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Perfect. Oh, my gosh, that was great. All right, well done, everybody. Good Spooky. job. Gwen, you were awesome today. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. Well done. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it was really fun. And uh, people should go, for real, check out phoenixpearltea.com. Gwen is purveyor of all things tea over there. And the stuff is fantastic. She sends me all kinds of great samples all the time. I love them. You'll love them, too. And there's plenty of plenty of teas over there that got our name all over them so go check them out at phoenixpearltea.com and uh, really good job today everyone did great and that means guess what there'll be more shows coming up so watch for more coming up soon as we continue this season and in the meantime maybe you want to head over to our website and become a dungeons plus member it's super easy to do and it only takes a couple of minutes and you can find out what and why and all that at therewillbedungeons.com all right simple as that that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening, for me, for everyone here, and for our guest, Gwen. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. <laughs>